Hi, Aaron. Hi. Um, <clears throat> welcome to Arts District. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you because yeah. <laughs> you have been out of grad school for like a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. You've been a little removed from it, had time to reflect, using that master's degree. So I think this is a good time to uh, talk about what it's like to get a master's. Should we disclose our relationship to people? That it's strictly sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You used my line. (laughs) Got you. We're married. Yeah, we're married. (laughs) And we were married while you were in grad school. That's right. Mostly. So let's start from um, the beginning. Okay. When did you decide that you wanted to go to grad school, and why? So, you know, going to Anum Corpus, thinking about grad school is like a big thing, and especially prepping for uh, your capstone and like those kind of things. I think that it's sort of like in the beginning, I felt like I was pressured to sort of audition for grad schools. But ultimately, I think my junior year of undergrad, I decided that I actually think that to progress in my skills and what I was hungry for, and not necessarily lacking, but what I could really, you know, laser point focus on was going to grad school and potentially a really good one. If that was in the universe. Um, So I think that uh, junior year, I decided that, you know, grad school was the right steps. And then it didn't start to come into fruition until, I believe, fall of our senior year, where I did uh, Erdis. So you got your undergrad from Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Go Durs. Go Durs. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were Erdis like? Yeah, so, Erdos was a whirlwind. Um, I, last minute, I signed up. Or for people who don't know, what are Erdos? Um, Erdos are this big... Uh, I actually forgot the acronym. Let's Google it. I think it actually is University Theater... Yeah, no, that's not even it. I don't remember. University Resident Theater Association. Hey, there we go. Um, Erda's, and then, um, last minute, literally the day before it closed, I signed up for what's called the satellite program, which is about 30 plus private top-notch programs that if you don't have time to stop by and pay for separate auditions, you paid an extra, like, 100 bucks to be seen by these people who took extra time out of their day to come and see you that are in... Uh, a room. I mean, it's separate from Erda's itself, but Erda's is essentially these wonderful MFA programs, um, acting, directing, all that, that come there. And I signed up for the audition, audition for the acting programs, and I auditioned for, I mean, I can't even tell you, hundreds of schools 
that were there. But you have a bunch of representatives in the room at yeah. the same time. Yeah, and I had two minutes to either do two monologues or song, and I did two monologues. So, let's say, and I'm coming from a place, I did not go to grad school, yeah. and I did not audition. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't interested. And that's fine. <laughs> um, so I really have no clue what Erda's was like. It was I'm very scary. Kind of going off the memory from yeah. years ago. I mean, you definitely don't know how to prep for it. It just gives you an instruction. And I know that many of our students student body at the time in the past they they either did like pre-screen stuff so like they auditioned to separate schools so mm-hmm. they did audition submissions um but no one had really take took a step to go to Erda's mm-hmm. I know that me and Nate were the two to actually do it in our senior class to just go for it and we we prepped by ourselves and with the faculty's help and essentially going with the instruction guy but there's really no instruction how to audition I think in general so you do not have to go to Erda's in order to audition for grad school? No. There's you can other... just target school by school. Yes. yes. Um, so from your big general audition, yes. how do you get callbacks and how does, how does that go? Yeah, Erda's, it was really odd. It was, you had this time frame between literally, I think it was like 6.30 in the morning till 10 of auditions. Then, after that, you have to arrive at 1 back at the hotel. At 1 o'clock, if your name is called, you get a sheet of paper. And the stage manager was was standing literally on like an Apple box, reading off names. You go to that stage manager, you get your paper, their assistant signs your name off, and then you look at your callback list, and then it gives you a, a, a time. And so that's what I did. I went two days, I went for Erda's itself, and then I did the satellite program. Mm. and they were in between each day. So, I mean, I literally had, like, a week of auditions and callbacks. I was there for maybe a little over a week mm-hmm. being seen by universities. Uh, but, yeah, so I arrived at 1, I believe. I had, like, the afternoon, quick sec, get lunch, and then I arrived. And you, it's out of order. Like, you don't know who's being... You just have to be there to get called. And if you weren't there, they just cluster your name, you know? So it's kind of, like, really unfair... Um, and I'm sure possibly things have changed, but that's literally how it was. So your initial audition is like two minutes in front of a hundred schools. Yeah. And then that gets narrowed down into the schools that are interested in you, which could be between person by person, one school or 30 schools. Yeah, like I remember I, I had about like, I, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I had, I think like 20 something schools. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, really good schools. Mm-hmm. And I think Nate had, like, 11 or something. So, like, some people came with one. Some people had two, three. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing for sure was, like, you know, you wouldn't disclose, you know, in the elevator or something. If you have a group of people, if you're going upstairs to the other callback rooms to, like, say, oh, how many do you have? You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, g- hey, best of luck. Congratulations. But you, you can know. do it on a podcast. But you can't. <laughs> I mean, this is a year and a half ago. Yeah. Longer than this that. This is several several years yeah, ago. Yeah, this is longer than that. Uh, so if someone who's prepping to go to Erda's, yeah. what, how should, as someone who went through it, how should they prepare and what should they expect? I think the best advice that I got was from Alison Frost. And she said, you want 
five to eight monologues that you could pull out of your back pocket. And I was like, no. That's, that's just wild. Um, I prepared eight. I did all eight. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best advice. Um, you said you were, when you went to these separate, these schools that said, okay, Aaron, we're interested in you. Yeah. You just went and visited them in their hotel rooms? <laughs> yes. This is one of the times it's okay to go visit a casting director <laughs> in a hotel room. <laughs> it was uh, not ideal. I was for sure, like, thrown off by it. But you were never alone. Actually, yes. no, I take it back. There's one skull alone with the guy, and he had his, the beds posted up against the wall. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is happening? He needed all the room. And he was like... And that was one of the programs that I went through all eight. And then he's just like, they'll suck. Let's do it again, but I'm going to give you notes. And then he'd be like, yell at me. Get angry at me. Yeah, fight with me. Fight. And I was just like, well, I'm not going here. <laughs> After I left, I was like, uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, Erda's is a great way to also find out what you want and not just who wants you. Yeah, I think, I think one of the best things that I took out of it was I was also interviewing them at that point. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's just the, f- the thing is, is Erda's is just the beginning. You go through multiple callbacks through a program. Um, for instance, like Michigan State and Kent State, like those programs that are really interested in me. I had multiple callbacks. I would go and then sometimes it's just a quick interview. And if they're really interested, they'd be like, hey, you need to apply. Um, but I was broke as fuck. And so like I couldn't really apply to some universities because mm-hmm. it was just way too expensive. So, obviously, yeah, like, you, you don't want to just apply to every university that says yeah. apply. You Unfortunately, have many to... programs are saying that now, though. Yeah. In order to hear back from them, you have to apply. Mm. That's not even saying that you got into the program or, you know, they're even considering taking you. They want that $120. That yeah. Um, so, to decide, you have this, you do your callbacks Mm -hmm. and then you have to go through the process of narrowing down the schools that you like yeah so what's what was your criteria for finding the right school for you um one i didn't want to have to take a test to get into a grad program Hmm. many programs you have to take the gre and so it's the graduate level exam Mm -hmm. um i'd rather have entered with my gpa like uh some programs you have to apply but once you apply, they have to go and get your transcripts. And some grad programs, because it's higher level education, they have a standard, and you have to meet that typically in order to be considered. Because the thing is, you have to get accepted to the school first academically, then they can make you an offer. There are some places where they could rearrange some things, you know, um, but that's after you've applied and gone through that process. Um, there's some, you know, programs that I was, you know, considering, but I just didn't want to take any more exams, you know. Um, and the GRE is one of those like SAT things where I was just like, nope, not dealing with it. Uh, and so, I mean, there's, it depends on, you know, what you really want. Um, cause there's programs too that, you know, label themselves as an acting program, but they're actually really good pedagogy programs, you know, to, to really teach you and instruct how to be a professor at, you know, theater mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, um, I was interested in some of those programs, but I ultimately wanted to do something that was, um, you know, acting emphasis. Yeah, exactly. You know, applicable to, you know, what I wanted to actually do. And I'd say that education isn't a huge part of what I do because it it is, but, um, that I wanted to practice. I wanted to be in the studio for hours on end. 
So that was like my ultimate. How about the money? <clears throat> for an application? No, for you didn't want to pay for. That's one thing. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to pay at all for a program. So. Um, one of those pro I was looking for programs that were willing to give a full ride and, you know, um, also pay me to be there mm -hmm. to act and do stuff. So, um, that was like my huge, a huge emphasis. And, you know, now, and, and nowadays programs will like, either they give you housing or, you know, they'll pay for your schooling or they'll pay for your first two years of grad school and you pay for your three year. Um, it's ultimately what you can do what you can financially do and you know what what what's gonna <clears throat> really suit what's best for what you need and want in your career and education because it's it's a long three years so eventually you got to the point where you narrowed it down and you only applied to one and had one formal final callback for one school is that right in the end yes in which school is that? Uh, the University of California, Irvine. Oh, are you hungry? Maybe. <laughs> I hope the mic picked that up. <laughs> um, UCI. UCI. Zat, zat, zat. Go so do you want to talk about um, your what your final callback was like with them? Yeah, so I had multiple callbacks. Um, but the, the, the last one I had was uh, during... Or what was your, like, go back to the hotel room. Okay. What was your first impression of them? Yeah, so the, my uh, recruiter at the time, uh, who's still at the fa uh, university but doesn't recruit anymore, is uh, Phil Thompson. Uh, he's the head of the speech and voice uh, at UCI. And he was phenomenal. He was the only one that was focused on me, myself, um, gave me some notes to make sure that I could take some direction. But it was ultimately like talking to a family member. He was so welcoming and he was uh, honest and it wasn't like, I'm trying to grab at you to come to my program kind of thing because we need diversity or we need, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. It was just so genuine and he was so honest. And he gave me the best notes, the smallest adjustments that took me farther instead of giving me a laundry list of things to fix. So the biggest thing that I learned was my habits were actually my strength in that room. And it was because of him. And mm -hmm. I found that remarkable. And I was like, and, you know, our faculty were like, you know, these are the programs you got to look for. And UCI was their top one. And when I told them that, you know, I'm considering you to the ad, they're like, no, you got to go to UCI. You got to go to UCI mm -hmm. because of Robert Cohen and our training from undergrad. That was, you know, prominent. And, you know, what we studied was Robert Cohen and Stanislavski. And, um, you know, Robert Cohen, who don't know Robert Cohen, he's the founding member of the UCI drama department. And he's the, uh, him and a lot of UCI faculty members, uh, as illustrious as they are, they're the leading theorists in acting theory today. Mm. Um, so, good <clears throat> energy. Absolutely. Good reputation. Yep. Um, so, it got to the point, what I remember is um, they invited you to come to Callback Weekend. The final callback, yeah. The final callback was to take place on campus yep. in Southern California. Yep. And you did not go to that. Yeah, I couldn't. 
Um, it was senior year in the spring, and it was a Wednesday. I'll never forget it. Uh, because we were doing assassins at the time, and I didn't have an understudy, so I couldn't leave. And ultimately, that's where you meet everyone. You meet the faculty, you meet the third, second generation actors, you meet everyone. It's the whole kit and caboodle. And the, what I remember, too, from <clears throat> when you were eventually in the program was everyone who is currently a student there meets you yeah. and develops an opinion of you and, like, can say, yes, we loved this person, yeah. you should welcome them right. in. Because, you know, we have that party at the end of the, mm -hmm. the uh, callback weekend. And the thing is, too, is everyone's opinions matters. Your spouse's opinions Everyone, mm -hmm. you know, how many times were they asking you about, you know, how so and so, right? Like, you know, that's one thing I loved about you said was it was a family, mm -hmm. and when they bring you in, they're very like specific because you can't tarnish one the uh, the reputation, but most importantly, the safe space that they've they've created. You know, mm -hmm. um, they they really high they they hold themselves high in in creating safe spaces and growth in that, and that is very important. So, how did they accommodate you not being able to physically be at callbacks? So, um, uh, Professor Kevin Leffler <laughs> let me use his his uh, office to finalize everything. So, I had a Skype audition. It wasn't so Kevin, ideal. Kevin was a professor at Corpus. Yes. Where we went to undergrad. He still currently is. Yeah. Yes. And... Uh, he let me use his office. And um, that was it. And then so I So it was a Skype, Skype interview. It was a Skype interview. It was a Wednesday. Because then that Thursday, they were like, hey, we need you to apply. And I said, I can't. Because <laughs> I was broke. You know, I had to work. And, you know, it was, it was not cheap. It was $100 to apply. They were willing to take off like nine dollars or something like that, and I was like, "That does nothing." <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and and Gre that was Phil going out of his way. So like, yes, he's amazing. I love him yes. so much. I'm truly indebted to Phil, um, but who I owe everything to, and I always get emotional when I talk about this because it was a true like hard time in my life because I didn't have any money, and my parents weren't doing too well either. Um. Kevin paid for my application mm -hmm. to get me into Irvine. So I owe you everything, Kevin. <laughs> I'm getting cheery at talking about it. Um, yeah, I think I just thought that was important to highlight because I, I think for anyone who is applying to grad school right now and is just constrained by not being able to just buy a plane ticket with right. a day's notice <laughs> or travel or take time off of work. It blows my mind on how many people can. Yes, but that that they were they are when mm. you know this great program was still going to give you a second look. Yeah. Despite that. Mm -hmm. So I just thought that was great. Um, yeah. You know, they're they they go they bend over backwards for those that they want mm -hmm. and want to work with. And you see I did the best I can. And I thought, you know, Kevin didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 every time I think, every time I see him, I go to corporate, <laughs> I think of him all the time. And he goes, it was nothing. And I was like, no, 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 you changed my life. Mm -hmm. He did. 
you know. It and had a big ripple effect. Oh, abs- absolutely. I, I just, I owe him, like I cried, I'll never forget. I, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> I might cry while I start talking about okay. this. He asked me how, because um, he helped me through this because of uh, a capstone class. And I had a capstone meeting, and then he asked me how my audition went. I said, great, but I don't think I'm going to go. And he said, why? And I said, well, they want me to apply. And I, I, I physically, like financially. Like, I do not have $100. I don't. I can't. And I can't make it up here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he goes, okay, okay. And he sort of brushed over it. And he's like, well, you know, you see that's a good school. I was like, you're telling me, like, I want to go, but I just can't. And I'm not thinking anything of this. I'm going to talk about death of a salesman. Did like you not know out. before you started this audition process that each application costs $100? No. No. No one tells you that. <laughs> no. It's when they, at the end, and they send you uh, an email, follow-up yeah. email, that they're interested, that you say apply. You go, okay, cool. You click because you think that, okay, I'm going to be on this roster of kids. Right. But it's actually, hey, you actually have to apply. Yeah. Because it, it takes a long time to actually get into the graduate division. You have to get accepted to the school first. Right. So, but you don't know how much it is to apply to just apply to that school. You know, uh, going to Erda's, applying to grad schools, applying to any school, undergrad, grad, it's not, it's not cheap. Um, and it's, you know, any student who goes through that whole process, you know, I, I'm... I marvel at because it's hard, it's difficult. Some people bank on a lot, and I was banking a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I told him that I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it, and I probably won't go. He was like, "So you haven't said anything to him?" I was like, "No, no, I want to talk about death of a salesman. We need to get this up." Da da da. Fresh meeting. He goes, oh, "All right, hold on, hold on. Before you go, I, I actually, I, when you were talking, I printed out something." I was like, "Okay." He uh, goes around the corner, and I'm sitting there. And right as I leave, he's like, all right, I'll see you. And I was like, okay, you got that paper or something? And it's an envelope. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, in Kevin's voice, you don't tell anyone about this. Do you understand? Nothing. Don't open this here. And I was like, what? What? So I'm like freaking out. And I, and I put, I immediately put the, the, the envelope in the bag. And he doesn't say goodbye or anything. He just like closes the door. I'm like, okay. So I go to my car and I'm about to drive home or something like that, like prepare for rehearsal. And before I leave, I actually go to my bag and I open it up. I open up my bag, I pull out this envelope and I open up the envelope and what's in there is a hundred dollar bill. And I cried. I like cried. I sat there and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so I actually never brought it up again until I officially got accepted. And that's probably the first time I ever saw Kevin smile. <laughs> <laughs> Us telling this story yeah. on a podcast platform is his worst nightmare. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I, I love you, Kevin. I really do. You, you really changed my life. So Aww. I'm truly indebted to him. Um, so you have your Skype interview. Yeah. Is it an interview or is it an audition? It was both. both. So faculty members were there. And I performed... Uh, two two uh two monologues. Do you and remember two songs. your pieces? I do not. No. I really wish I did because they were really strong. Um, but the two monologues, two songs, and I had an interview. Robert Cohen was there. Oh, didn't say a word. <laughs> um, but it was just like it was in the speech lab, so like sooner or later I'd find out like oh my god that's where I'm taking class every mm-hmm. day. Um, 
But yeah. So you have that. Mm-hmm. You get the $100. Mm-hmm. You apply. I apply. And then, Don't hear anything Friday. Then uh, that Monday, I got an offer. How did that come? By phone. By phone. And I was like, who the f- California? <laughs> and then went, oh shit, California! <laughs> I opened up my phone, I answered it, and it was like, I was like, hello? It was like, hey, um, how are you? And I was like, good, good, good. Oh, this conversation's coming back to me, because he tricked me hardcore. I was like, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Um, what's up? And he was just like, um, hey, so we liked your audition, um, but this is, this is the hard part for us because we, we don't know how, you know, typically these, you know, students, um, uh, react. And I, my heart sank because I think he was trying to be very polite because that's how Phil is. He's like, this is the hard part because, um, uh, I never know what the response or reaction is going to be. Because I was wondering if you'd like to join. Uh, I was wondering if you would like to, uh, you know, come out to UCI and train with us. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, that was probably the worst lead into the conversation. But would I'm, I'm, you know, are you willing to accept a position here at UC Irvine? And I was like, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. I was in the... Um, The Breezeway, the Center for the Arts. Is it the CAC? Is that what it's called? No, it's just, it what was is the that the CA. Called? Well, the CA, the Center for the Arts. Center for the Arts. Okay. I was in the lobby area with the posters. Mm. I got up. I was sitting in the lobby, and I got up, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and I was pacing, sweating. And I was like, before he could even finish the conversation, I was like, yep. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. So there was no leveraging. There was no, well, send me numbers. There was... Uh, so he was going to send me an offer later. Okay. He just needed a verbal commit mm. is, is what it was. Because there's a... Uh, later would I find out that they would see thousands a year, whittle it down to hundreds, and then they have their, like, top 50, 48. And then they bring in about 32 people for the final callback. Mm-hmm. Um... And so that's how they whittle it all down. And, and then they get eight. Eight. Eight out of the, like, 32 that show. Four men, four women. Four men, Traditionally. Four women. Traditionally, depending on, like, what they want to do with the class, yeah. they'll mix it up. Um, but four, four. My class was four men, four girls. And I remember I immediately ran to your office. Yeah. When you were working for... Uh, I worked in the dean's office. Yeah, yeah. When our dean was... Uh, Dr. Quintanilla, I think. Yeah, yep. He's now the president of the university, but... Uh, I like to think I had a hand in that. As the student receptionist, I helped her get to the presidency. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, maybe. That's really nice. Uh, but do you, no, I what, remember... What was, what was that like? Uh, you were, like, beat right in the face, super smiley, and... Yeah, you, like, leaned over the reception desk, and you were like, I got into UCI... And I just remember, I remember that you were very seriously looking at two schools at that time. And I didn't know anything about either of them. Mm -hmm. But one was in (laughs) Ann Arbor and one was in Orange County. And I was like, well, Orange County sounds beautiful and sunny and I'm a summer girl, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, the other program... I think because you said the city, I might give it away. 
Well, it, I mean, we but the other the, the other uh, the other program the the recruiter was like, "Hey, you actually shouldn't come here." <laughs> okay. And I was like, "What?" Okay. And she was like, "Yeah, um, you need to go to what are your other schools?" And I named a list of my other schools, and she said, "You need to go to UCI." Mm. And I was like, "Okay." It sounds like along the way you had a lot of people in your corner. Absolutely. That's and nice. guiding me really, really well. Um. Yeah, and I took a picture of you when you walked in. Yeah, and your cheeks are all rosy. Um, what was your first day on campus like? Um, it was during the summer. I stayed with one of our good friends, Adam Schroeder, and I was scared. Ah, uh, because I never visited the campus until I got accepted. I went to the summer. I was there for three days. So you were. Fully invested, fully committed, signed the paper, ink had dried, and then you went to campus for the first time. That's right. Fun. It was scary. And then there, I was like, what did I do? <laughs> what have I done to myself? Three years. Three years are coming up fast. It was in June. And I was like, oh my god. This is finishing the end of the quarter, third quarter. Because they're doing the director, the DCPs, and the ACT, the APTs, the acting class projects, and the directing class projects. So I've seen all these shows happen, and I was like, oh my god. And then I saw this one show with uh, Amanda Love Minerval. Uh, um, a lot of great people. I'm trying to remember the, the show name. I couldn't remember. Oh, I don't know. But all I know is Blake Morris was leading it. And mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I was like, this is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. I'm here for this presence. I'm here for this acting. I'm here for this program. I'm here to do shows like that. In a, it was in, a, in, in one of our paint studios that they took out everything. And they made it look at an abandoned warehouse. It was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. And I was, that made me really, really happy. Um, the... F- we want to fast forward to when I actually moved out there. It was August 13th, and I'll forget. <laughs> August 13th, I went and saw New Swan, and I was lost on campus by myself. I literally sat down at one point, and I was like, well, I'm going to sleep here in this bush. <laughs> and I lay down. It was like 2 in the morning. I literally got lost. I was like, oh, my God. My phone wasn't working. I couldn't get the maps to go. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm here. And then when I laid in the bush, I looked up at the stars and I was like, God, please give me a sign. I got to get home. And the raccoons emerged That's and right. guided you. They picked me up. Um, I looked up at the sign and I said, Palo Verde. <laughs> I was like, you got to freaking be kidding me. He's like, no, literally, there's like signs. There's literally a sign that said right there to the street. We lived on the uh, Palo Verde street in the Palo Verde housing. And so I literally got up at the graduate and family housing. I got up and I walked and I was just like, I was lapping that place for hours. I just couldn't even believe myself. I was just like, wow. And then I went to sleep on, I slept on the floor for two weeks. Grad school, baby. Um, and they, they did, they housed you with a fellow uh, acting student. Yeah. So. And they um, decided that for you, right? They did by chance. So by oh. chance, I was paired up with one of my uh, great friends, Robert Tendy. And he was also a grad student at UC Irvine. 
Um, acting. And, acting. Mm-hmm. Same class as me. Same generation as me. And uh, then we had an English roommate, a chemist. His name was Ben. He was awesome. He ate figs all the time. So that's when I had my first fig with him, with Ben. Um, but yeah, Robert Tendy. He was also one of the students, and he was a grad student with me. And we lived together for a while. Yep. Um, so you spent three years in Irvine, California, mm-hmm. intensely training, mm-hmm. sun up to sundown. Yeah. Do you want to just go over some high points, low points? Yeah, you know. Um, best classes, best skills you took away? Or new skills that you didn't have before? Yeah, I think I have an answer for all of those, so mm. it's going to be hard to sort of like just... Let's start with uh, low points. Low points. Um, well, you're never home. You are literally in class from sunrise to sundown. Um, you're teaching. You're training. You're in shows. And depending especially what show you're doing and how many shows you're in, your schedules could be just consumed. Um, and that's sort of hard because you get burned out if you're not managing it properly. But also because we were married, I was never home. Ever. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. I think, too, when you're around a lot of people, the same people, like my class and I, we were like a family. We were very dysfunctional. <laughs> but we loved each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what made us so strong, too. And... You know, we, we don't really chat that much now together. Like, we'll, we'll send each other texts and things, but there's this photo that someone took of us. Um, I'm actually getting emotional. Aww. At Showcase in New York at the Playwrights Horizon. It was our last show. And goddamn, we look good. <laughs> it makes me so happy. We're, like, hanging out on, like, this... This well, is so fun, and I thought that really represented us. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some things, you know, shit that went down on all sides of things, but I think, you know, one thing that I really loved is that, you know, we're all there for each other, um, even in our low points. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, you have to think, anyone who's taken a theater <clears throat> class knows that it's just like, all right, strip everything away, be your most vulnerable self, spit and cry on stage, and then zip it back up, put it away, and... Yeah, go to your next class or something. Go act like that didn't just happen, and, you know, you're just so... being so vulnerable and empathetic all the time, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Talk about emotionally and psychologically exhausted. With the same eight people following you from classroom to classroom, you're going to... (laughs) <laughs> have a break yeah um but uh that was those are the lows you know the workload too highs um man you do what you love every single day at the best place like we're in the Grotowski barn Jerzy Grotowski developed his method from 85 83 to 85 the bow the swan all those big things that he's developed on UCI campus Literally, the like the gentleman that we read all the acting about now, Robert Cohen, mm-hmm. developed his theory and practices at UC Irvine. Richard Brestoff, one of the leading researchers in, in psychology and acting development, UC Irvine. And he was the head of my program when I was there. Um, you know, we have Andrew Borba, who's the artistic director of Chautauqua Theater Festival. And I mean, like, 
and we have Annie Louie who developed Contact Improv. You know, our our program is so lustrous, and to sometimes I'd be like, man, you're annoying me. Like we get on our on our nerves, mm -hmm. right? Like any parent and child, I guess. But they are the best mentors. I would sometimes sit there and I'm like, the shit that's coming out of their mouth is gold. And I'm so blessed that I have that mind like a sponge. But at the same time, like I was in the presence of these people, these faculty members who cared so much. Um, and I think most importantly, my biggest high was I found my voice. What I mean by that, my singing voice. Um, I sang a lot, but I was like a CD singer, you know? Mm -hmm. And then... Um, I think certain points of your 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 training pops up in your life. Um, I think, especially my third year, mo most significantly, uh, my vocal training with Dr. Daniel Gary Busby really changed my life. You can't fake singing. <laughs> you know, when you're on stage, you can't fake it. And when you're telling a story, and especially singing is so vulnerable, it was is a real big high for me. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool uh, as a bystander to, like, I like to joke that I have a secondhand master's degree because uh -huh. I watched you and all of the people closest to you mm -hmm. go through it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it was cool to see Aaron, who is an actor who had a fine singing voice, go from an actor who sings to, like, a singer. Yeah. And, yeah, no no doubt he did a lot of work on you. Yeah, it was phenomenal. What were, like, some of the classes, like, what did you get skills and class-wise that you didn't have through undergrad? Yes. That, voice, you, that you need to have a career as an actor? Voice and speech. You know, I think the idea of, uh, you know, a... Uh, um, to deconstruct your body whenever you're stressed and be able to sort of build yourself back up to feel more confident, but also with ease to make text simple, make your voice more resonant, sound more clear. Like, Kelly makes fun of me all the time, Kelly Russell, because all the shows I did with him, he could never understand what I was saying. And when I think about it now, I, I, I cannot even think about not s sounding clear. Whereas I just swallowed everything in undergrad and in grad school it without telling me that I was you know gargling my words I I speak with clear and concise diction you know so um, learning Fitzmaurice work something to add to the body and strength and to make my voice more clear and concise was a plus that I didn't have uh, from before I got into grad school. And who taught you Fitzmaurice? Cynthia Bassam. She's legit. She is very legit. She's also a certified uh, Fitzmaurice instructor, and she was so gentle and um, very informative about anatomy, how our body works, why it's important to essentially what you put in is going to turn back into your energy and to really treat your body with respect because it is like your temple. You know, it is. It's your number one tool. And uh, I didn't have that before or that ideology before. And then another thing is uh, speech work with Phil Thompson. 
Uh, I never took uh, Knight Thompson speech work before. I never knew IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet. And learning those symbols and also those uh, pronunciations was uh, imperative to my growth in speech in terms of learning accents. And I just, I loved being different people vocally and I love the challenge of it. It's a mental game. It's an auditory game. And I, I didn't, I wasn't uh, the best at it by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I definitely enjoyed uh, voice and speech for sure. Yeah. Clowning. <laughs> uh, I like masked work. Mask work was great. That was yeah. taught by Eli Simon. And Eli uh, actually did our clowning class. And clowning was great. My clown's name is Corduroy. He's very chill. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't speak. He's deaf. But uh, he... It, it was uh, a different experience. I think if we were with a graduate class instead of mixed in, mm. I wouldn't have... I would have enjoyed it more, probably. With preparation. You know? What but did your... Was great. What did, like, um, an average day look like while you are in grad school? So I woke up every day at 5 in the morning to get to the gym. Around, like, 5.30. Well, don't forget, you woke up at 5... You yeah. took a shower, sang opera in the shower. No, no, that was after I got back from the chair. And, oh, until until I woke up. Until you woke up. <laughs> and so then about 7.30, I was up. Mm -hmm. I was out the door so I could be in class to teach by 8. So then 8 to, I think it was like 10 or 9.45, I think 10, because they're like two classes, I would go to Dynamics. And Dynamics was from like 9... What was Dynamics. Like, uh, dynamics was a group warm-up for the day, so we did physical movement, get our body flowing, mind's right, and then we did some voice work to uh, make sure we're prepped for the day. And so we did that together, and that was the graduates, sorry, first, second, and third years, mm -hmm. graduate students. And then in the spring, we invited uh, the acting honors students to join us for a few weeks in the quarter, and that was really fun. And those are the kids who were... Uh, the BFAs and BAs. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we go to the graduate classes. So it would be either acting, speech, uh, acting for film, because we studied intensely on, heavily on theater and film, because, you know, you're in California. Um, so we did that. And then after we're done, our day is about four or five, depending on what you're doing. Um, and depending if you have to, like, meetings or things like that with students or other faculty members, just because everyone scheduled everything outside, uh, individually, which I kind of liked. It wasn't like, all right, as a group, we're all going to do this together. It's like, no, if we need to meet, we'll meet at this time, things like that. And any projects that you're working on, you start those around that time. And then at six, I believe, is when you start rehearsal. So every day, I think for three years, I was in a rehearsal. Every single day. Um, how many productions could you expect to do in a year? So it depends on how your mega auditions go. Yeah. Grad students have to complete a lot. Um, but I did... So you have mega auditions at what point during the year? The first week of school. 
of the fall semester. Fall semester that casts so you, you for the entire year. Mega auditions, it covers the whole season. Whole season. Okay. Yeah, like a repertory company. Does. So you usually did one per quarter or Yeah, like one per quarter and then I'd be cast <laughs> in like some other little projects that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So overcommitment like I do mm-hmm. real well. Mm-hmm. Um and so I would typically in a year I'd say six to seven shows a year. Really? Per quarter. Yeah, two, three per quarter. Per quarter. Okay. Um, so, you, instead of trying out L.A., New York, Chicago, etc., right after undergrad, you went straight to grad school. Yes, which is a rarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't actually happen. I was very lucky. Um, so you feel good? Do you, do, are you happy that you got that out of the way, like right away? Or Absolutely. Do you wish you had tried the real world first? No, I'm, I'm I'm really glad that I went to grad school because it gave me a lot of connections. It got me in front of a lot of people and people who you know remembered me by chance, you know, or they've seen my work before, and they got me in like a room with them or an audition with them. Um, and so I don't regret it at all. I think I was very lucky. It took what I would have learned in about 13 years, 10, 13 years on, on, out on the street, literally hitting the grind, condensed into three years. Mm-hmm. So it's an acceleration process, and it really is. It's exhausting, um, but, man, I, I, I wouldn't have changed it. Absolutely, I'm grateful. Because um, not many people are really young and have, like, an MFA mm-hmm. from also a prestigious program. Um, so eventually you did go into the real world. I we. Did. Used to live in Los Angeles. Yes. But you also got to audition in New York mm-hmm. a good amount. Yeah. How did having that master's give you the confidence in the room or mm-hmm. like the skills that you needed to? Well, what's interesting is <laughs> I wouldn't have known that they know so and so from UCI, but it's always been a conversation starter. Mm. So, like, when you get into the room, it can be very tense. Hopefully you're in an audition where it's like super casual and they're like, oh my gosh, I know this person where I did this with this person, da 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 da. And every time, without fail, even when I auditioned for Disney, it was like they knew one faculty member on my mm-hmm. resume. And I was like, wait, what? How would you know them? Mm-hmm. Right? That's like... Yeah, I've, I've already, like, just in the few auditions... I've had in Dallas mm-hmm. had the same thing. And, oh, I know this person on your resume, and I don't have a master's. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's crazy how far um, who you know will get you, which can be a blessing, and it can be very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's one thing, too, is, like, I met these wonderful casting directors that want to cast me, but I'm not fit for their season. Yeah. You know? Um, but it doesn't mean that it tarnishes our relationship when I see them, you know, but that I still have that connection is nice. Um, what do you, what do you wish you knew before you started grad school? Patience. Yeah. Yeah. It's so little, but it's so true. I think I gained that significantly from there. Um, you know, our time at UCI changed my life completely. It got us in, I mean, we were engaged. We got married. You know, my, like, 
my skills have developed so much from there. I think I grew literally from eating two boxes of <laughs> Little Caesars pizza and drinking all the time to someone who really cares for themselves yeah. mentally and physically and and is not taking anything for granted mm-hmm. and that it's it's about the bigger picture not the smaller things mm-hmm. and the investment in the work ethic to do it yeah the, i thought about that for a second when you were talking about fitzmorris work and how it teaches you this respect of your body and you know your body and your voice is all you have with you on stage yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because we did go from like eating Whataburger and chain smoking <laughs> and binge drinking in undergrad <laughs> to I remember the first time I visited you. It was my first time in California and you were like, I'll just have a bag of this salad. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> what? Who is this person? I still eat bags of salad. <laughs> and yeah, it, it changed you as an actor, but it changed you as a person. Oh, I definitely matured. Um, I one of the best things I've ever learned, or quote I should say, and and I tell this to my students now is being an actor is not a hobby or job; it's a lifestyle. And how you put it on your clothes, all that stuff, the mentality, and that life as an actor. You need to bestow on other the other students who are going to take that torch sooner, you know, one day, and so that 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 really really rang true to me is that I can I was never told that before. Mm-hmm. It is what you do in a studio, and then you hang up your hat, you know, as David Mamet says, you wipe your feet at the door, and you come to play. And I, and I don't really necessarily believe that you can't, but it's what you do and how you change your mind as an actor that that really creates the craft and really creates, you know, how you. Uh, you channel that positive energy in the rehearsal space and 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 develop as a human being because actors are people who study human beings you know and i really found myself there mm-hmm. yeah so for anyone who is considering grad school daydreaming yeah. about grad school mm-hmm. what are things that you think they need to visit before committing to that yeah you need to really do your research you need to really understand like where the program is, what their philosophies are, what they study, because each program is going to be different, unless they develop something themselves. Um, you have a lot of programs that actually do that. You know, uh, UCSD is great; it's a two-year program, um, and it's all classic work. You do Shakespeare, you do Moliere, you do you know the Greek stuff. And you really don't really touch anything contemporary unless you audition for the mm-hmm. old globe. Um, but then you have UCI who hits it all over the head and they, they pull you, the individual, they take what you have and they amplify that by a thousand. And they create human beings, not robots. Yeah. Um, but that was me going through and also doing my research and making sure it's a great fit. And I think that, you know, any program you audition for, any program you go to, uh, it this sounds really crappy what I'm about to say, but it's not the best. Mm-hmm. They all need areas of work, so do you. But you are there to help solve their problem, and they're you're there to solve yours. You know. Is there something that? Uh, so I hear what you're saying. Yeah. If you want to be in like the next teen drama on Netflix, yeah. 
don't go to a grad school that preaches the classics. Or but even then, you do a showcase <laughs> and you have a producer there, and true. they go like, "Oh yeah, I want you right here and now to play the bully <laughs> in Netflix." Yeah, you know, Thirteen Reasons Why season five. Yeah, you know, it's like you're there, you're right but on top. But like, and you if go. you are like, I despise teaching. I don't want to be a teacher. Yeah. Don't go to a program that's just cranking out professors. Yeah, but that's how I thought. I was like, I don't want to teach, and I actually fell in love with pedagogy mm-hmm. and the art of it of literally. But that- changing sorry and that turned out okay because you like one-fifth of your program was teaching it wasn't like uh, and and yes like you do <clears throat> to for a stipend you have to mm-hmm. get paid you do get uh i mean my entire school was paid for but like to survive sort of yeah you have to uh you, you teach would you do it again would you do it again absolutely Absolutely. I didn't finish feeling, I didn't finish, I didn't feel fulfilled when I finished. Mm. Why? Because there's so much that goes on. There's so many opportunities. There's so much in class that I wish I wrote down. I'm already a hoarder, but there's things I'm like, oh my God, that was gold. Gold. And absolutely, and I'd go back to UCI and heartbeat. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna need her <laughs> Okay. I feel good. Is there anything else you want to add? No. I, well, yeah, obviously I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say no, but I do. I just, I, I really enjoyed my time there, and I enjoyed our time there as a married couple starting out there. Would you recommend to <laughs> other people to try to get a master's degree while being married for no. being a newlywed no <laughs> wait just wait. it's a single man's game it's it's hard you can't really divide that time and especially when i was working professionally in that one yeah. summer when i went out and did utah and i was there for a lot longer than i thought i was gonna be yeah and that was the first year of our marriage mm-hmm. that was that was tough i think that was one of, so like i said i had no interest in grad school until about a year ago. You gotta admit, it's pretty dope. I, <laughs> until about a year, because I just, I finished undergrad and I was like, I'm done. I'm, I don't want to see another classroom <laughs> for a long time. These white walls, get yeah. me out of here. And I felt good about that until about a year. And then I got to witness you getting your master's. Yeah. And... Yeah. I could admit that your training was phenomenal, but I could go class by class in Los Angeles mm. and get the same training mm. 200 bucks at a time instead of three years of intense training AM to PM. So I was like, well, that's what I want to do. I don't want a master's. And then about a year ago, I kind of get the master's bug, which I think... All people in their mid-20s are like, should I go get a master's? We should see that. You should make a poll. Let's uh, see. <laughs> Those who are listening to this in your mid-20s, should I get a master's? To, to go and get a master's? I don't know. It's it takes like, a specific person. It's like, person. should I get bangs? It takes a specific person. <laughs> but I, and this. I took it very, very seriously. I was like, I know what school I want to go to. I know why I want to go there. I made a pros and cons list. And mm. the 
biggest I went to a campus and I toured Mm -hmm. and I was waiting for that wedding dress feeling of like this is it (laughs) and it didn't come and I think it was because the, the my biggest con on my list was you have to put your life on hold for three years yeah and yeah I just didn't want to put my life on hold that's what it felt like. Mm. And because that's what it felt like and not someone else looking at it and going, wow, how exciting I get to, like, dive into this for three mm-hmm. years. I knew that I was considering a master's for the wrong reason and that I was looking for something else. That's all. I think you should, though. You'd be killer. Well, we can talk about that off air. Um, okay. <laughs> Any final words? Yeah, I want to thank you. Before I kill you? I want to I thank you. Oh. Yeah, because, you know, it wasn't easy, um, particularly, you know, being married and having to pick up odd jobs and um, I hope, like, the 20 times, 100 times we went to Disney really... <laughs> Really helped. That was um, a huge blessing. We lived 20, 25 minutes from Disneyland, yeah. and we had a wonderful couple friends, friends who were a couple that worked at Disney, yeah. and we could go for free. Yeah, every time. My friends would text me all the time and be like, whoa, big spender, you're at Disney every other weekend. And I was like, no, no, no. We have the best of friends. Uh, we have amazing friends, and all my money is churro money, so <laughs> thank you. Um, but, no, I, I do want to thank you. You know, it wasn't easy, and, you know, we made this big transition back to Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just happy to see you in your element and auditioning like crazy. And... You know, you, that was really selfless of you to take that time out of those three years and give it to me. Because I definitely learned a lot, and I mean, I did a lot. So, thank you, baby. You're welcome. Love you. That was so fake. <laughs> I love you, and let's go cuddle our dog. <laughs> <laughs>